Hello everyone, and today I will be showing you the Casio VL80. This was Casio's smallest synthesizer, and even though it looks like a calculator, it actually had a full range of musical tones and notes. So let's go ahead and first hear the range of notes that this thing plays. Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Monomatics Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Straley. And I'm your other host, Chad Rag Straley. And we're about to blow your mind. Socks off. Socks off. <laughs> Dude, I, we've talked about this before, but it would be really fun to do like uh, Morning Jungle kind of. Do Morning radio. Jungle Radio? Yeah, yeah no, I, I've thought about this all the time. Oh, okay. We got to get J Josh a sound effects board that's just like wolf sounds, yes. whistling, mm -hmm. clapping, the miso horny sound effect. Yes. You know, all those classics. And we'd be like, whoa, okay, guys. Well, hey, I got this article here. It looks like this guy tried to break into a barista shop uh, or a coffee shop, I guess is what you would call it. <laughs> I don't really go to those kind of places. Anyway, oh. tried to break in the guy. He wasn't wearing a belt. His pants fell out on the way out. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> oh, boy, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you know, I'm sure that for a certain half of that delegate, you know, and maybe some guys just swung that way. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> pretty exciting bag robbery. Yeah, you missed the best part about that one, Shadow, and that was when he closed the door on his way out. Guess what got caught in the doorway? Whoa, 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 whoa. That definitely is not a happy ending to that story. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, we're going to go to traffic and weather. We'll be back right after this. Oh, and we will be interviewing somebody having sex live on radio. Yeah, Come well, back for that. Now that's uh, that's pre FCC violation. Nowadays you can't do that sort of stuff on the radio. Damn. No. Uh, uh. You used to be able to do crazy stuff like that on the radio, Howard Stern and all that. But you know, you know why they can't do that anymore, right? There's a specific event. It was it, I, the. I think you've told me before, but I, I won't, I won't spoil it. Yeah. So the, it was the specifically audience. the Janet Jackson Super Bowl nip slip. After that, the Bush administration was like, we got to figure out how to standardize content and broadcasting. So the FCC basically put down a whole bunch of requirements, like live shows have to be delayed, mm -hmm. or you get heavily fined in the event that somebody swears, somebody speaks about bodily function, all of these different things. So the funny thing about it is, I mean, it killed like half of morning radio in America. Yeah. TV is just the you know, the same as it was, basically. One of the things that they got rid of, though, is that you have to consent to being on the radio. Or like on TV, so you can't do the uh, prank calls. You anymore. can't do. They used to do these yeah. great prank calls. They were, John Cena. <laughs> yeah, John Cena. Well, the John Cena thing, I think technically, I, I think it was pre-recorded. It had to have been. Yeah. I, I talked to somebody about this, and it was like, yeah, either that was fake or it had to be pre-recorded, and they had to ask for the consent to it for it to be played because they used to do this really classic prank, and they still do it in Australia because in Australia this is still legal where you would just have your phone line and on one line you would call somebody, a random number, and on the other line you would call another random person <laughs> and then you just put them together on air and, uh, you know, see what happens. Or, you know, like, have call somebody and then have one side be the pizza shop or whatever and then, you know, whoever, you know. And then they'd do, like, games where if, like, you knew that you were being pranked and you called, the first guy to call out, you know, got, like, 500 bucks or something like that. But, uh, yeah, nowadays you just... Half of the stuff that you hear on the radio, most of the calls are all fake or like fully pre-recorded. Yeah, Unless you're talking about, about that, because like if you're if you listen to like Kiss FM style, yeah. like morning radio, and they're like, "Oh, we're we're we would like to hear your stories about the worst time you got dumped. Give us a call." And, yeah. then, and then it's like, "We got Sharon on the line, and she's like, one time when I was in high school, you know, and, you yeah, know they're yeah. all laughing and then they're doing bits. So that's all probably pre-recorded. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. I imagine what it is is that they like." that was a Twitter poll or something. And then they just in the, or they, sometimes they might record them in the breaks. But the thing is, is in my mind, they wouldn't even be able to edit them fast enough. Cause if you're yeah. listening, you can tell that they're, they're fully edited. Yeah. But I today actually went on a bit, of, I wasn't planning on talking about this. I went on a bit of an investigation. Mm. Okay. And let me tell so you, while, while you were on the dime of your employer, you were investing. No, this is actually was for work. Okay. I, I brought this up as a potential problem to my boss. And he said, Huh, maybe you should look into this. So this is what I'm saying. Either, this is how it's all going to end. Either iHeartRadio is breaking the law 
or more people are into Real Housewives <laughs> than literally any other media property in the world. And this is why this is why I believe this. So iHeartMedia got busted like two or three months ago and nobody, like there hasn't been... We've talked about it. Yeah, though. we've talked about this, right? Yeah, yeah. About how iHeartMedia was paying for advertisements on mobile phones mm-hmm. so that the first 30 seconds of whatever you were listening to would... Or, you know, it would be an ad and after 30 seconds you could skip it and it would just be a podcast and they would take those listens and they would count them towards their totals. And then they would have it connected through iTunes or whatever yeah. so that it would be counted as an Apple download. And I was, I was the other day I was like, oh my gosh. I, I look at the podcast charts every single day and the Spotify charts are Joe Rogan. Yeah, of course, because he's the most popular show in the world, but you can only listen to him on Spotify, right? But the Apple charts, it, it changes like every week what mm-hmm. the most popular show in America is. And every once in a while, it'll be something like that podcast that Will Arnett and Jason Bateman are on or like the Dax Shepard show, or Armchair Expert or something like that. But it's like this new flavor of the week thing. Like these insanely long form investigative piece things like these My Favorite Murders, which fun fact are the things that you know, there's this joke that in podcasting, there's just this demographic that no one's ever met someone who's a part of it that actually makes up a majority of podcast listeners, which yeah. is people who listen to that because those win all the awards. They have like really good ratings and whatnot. But the last two weeks, this show hosted by an, a former Real Housewife <laughs> uh, giving life advice or whatever. Wow. That's is the where, number that's one where show. you want to get life advice Number from. one show in America. Yeah. Number one show in America. And I was like, how iHeartMedia product mm. this week number one show in America podcast uh, is this like long form investigative piece about this girl who killed herself after conversion therapy you know like very like heady stuff very culture issue formatted mm-hmm. and I, I I was like okay this is n- number one really okay you know I I live in a world where like I'm not listening or I don't know people who listen to prestige podcasts but like yeah. okay there has to be something that's propping this up. Like, there has to be a reason why this is considered the number one. Well, first off, through a subsidiary, iHeartMedia Project. But second, I looked at all of the social media platforms mm-hmm. and I looked at everybody involved and all the people who they were marketing as like, oh, this features this person and this is blah, blah, 400, 500 followers, 1,500 2000 you know like at that at the height of it and the podcast network has like a lot the podcast yeah. network that posts it but i'm like there's no way in hell this is real i think it's astroturf and you know you check out the hashtags and like the instagram stuff and the twitter stuff and there's a handful of people talking about it yeah. but if it's the number one podcast the number one show in america when 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 making a murderer came out like that was all that social media was yeah right yeah, and so and that was maybe was you know for a time i don't even know if that was the number one show in america but the number one podcast in America, literally no one on the internet is talking about. That seems like well, something is seriously so, fishy. First off, you're, this is a false, false equivalency, though, because yeah. the number one podcast on Apple Podcasts is not the number one podcast in America. No, that's true. Right? That's true. That's, that's a, a niche within the space. And it's, it's an older demographic. Yeah. Podcasts on iTunes are traditionally listened to by people who are in like the 35 and up range. Yes. And Spotify is traditionally listened to in the 35 and down range. Although that, you know, is fluctuating every year and the Spotify is getting older and iTunes is getting younger. But, you know, I, I, I feel like it, what it's revealing to me, you know, I'm willing enough. <laughs> as you look into the bones, as yeah, you roll the bones. I'm rolling the bones. And- I'm willing to admit in a certain capacity that I might be wrong. That I might just have a serious blind spot. Guys, we have a breakthrough here. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to admit that I might have this insane blind spot and that there's millions of people who are listening to this and not talking about it yeah. or whatever. But it's hard for me to to believe that. I don't know. Because it goes like that, and then the Real Housewife show, and then the Jason Bateman, Will Arnett show. And I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah, it is a bit and, tough. And, and the Jason Bateman, Will Arnett show is one of those shows where I'm like, do I know anybody or slash have ever met anybody who would listen to that show? You know? I don't know. I'd listen to one episode of that. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd find out whether or not they were assholes. And then if if I figured out that they were, then I would stop. They must not it's... be assholes enough for it to at least be 
somewhat enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It's very people popular. are listening to it. Yeah. yeah. No, well, so I mean, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're saying. So I don't know, and, and maybe again, it's like a so is, age the, demographic skew thing. The question but, I have is right because we've talked about on the pod, especially in the early days, you know, like how nobody's ever talked about the Wednesday show since that time, right? The Wednesday Adam show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like how everybody. It was sort of being astroturfed as the number one show of all time on Netflix and everybody's super into Wednesday Adams and all this stuff and it's super duper popular. Um and I still I don't think I've ever met a person that's watched it. Right. And yeah. if they have, they haven't talked about it. They're not into it enough to even bring it into discussion. Yeah. Right. And so I wonder, you know, if that you can extrapolate that into podcasting, it might be just the same I think kind that, of a I thing. Think one thing for the Wednesday Adams thing, though, is that I think that demographic skew incredibly young. True. And the reason yeah. I think that is like because I, I've, I've seen her pop up in like children's YouTube videos. They get recommended, you know, with like Wednesday Elsa, Adams? like, like, are we talking? like, yeah, Wednesday Adams would be wow, like Elsa okay. and Spider-Man and Wednesday, you know what I mean? You're like, okay. What are you so, doing on that side of family YouTube, brother? I'm not on that side of family YouTube, but that stuff will sneak its way into the algorithm every I, once in a while. Not for me. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're well, doing. Well, so actually the reason was, well, so it, it didn't sneak into my algorithm. But you, I guess you both have children. So yeah. No, it, so it every once sense. in a while, my YouTube app will sign me out. Oh, okay. And yeah. then you get like full like full what YouTube actually is exposure and it's terrifying. Dude, and, that's the darkest moment. Yeah, you yeah. get like that and it's like that and UFC. It's weird. It's like the two things that they'll recommend well, you. For right me, it's, it. it's UFC stuff and um, Mr. Beast clones or yeah. mis- like Mr. Beast adjacent style videos. Oh, did you hear about what happened in Times Square? To the Beast bar? No. <laughs> no. <what>? <laughs> no, this, this streamer, you should look this up, Josh, so we can get this guy's name right. But he... Showed up to Times Square on on Twitch and was handing out PS fives. Okay, like he just like brought like a like a trunk full of like PS fives. I don't know how many. I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of them. Yeah. Anyway, it caused a riot. Yeah, like riot gas riot. Like, like they had to bring the cops. They out, had to bring the riot. cops out. Mounted police. They brought. They did shoot tear gas riot because this guy was just handing out you know six hundred seven hundred dollars. Like how much are those things now? Yeah, yeah, six hundred bucks. They're creeping towards the five hundred dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like six hundred bucks, you know, of of PS. You know, you just handed them out, yeah. and it caused you know a miniature <laughs> war <laughs> to go off. Uh, his, his name is Kai Kinet or Sinet. Okay, Kai. Yeah, Kai Kinet. Uh, Sixty-five arrests, nearly half of them juvenile. Yeah, sixty-five arrests, half of them juvenile. That is a that is a ton of people. <laughs> yes. That yes. is multiple paddy wagons worth of people. There's people trying to break into businesses to get away from the tear gas. There's like this <laughs> video of them arresting Kai and like putting him in a in a in a in a taxi. And like <laughs> they commandeered a taxi and they're like putting him in like somebody smashes the back window. You know, it's like <laughs> something out of World War Z. So is this kid being charged? This guy? I don't know if he's being charged. Um, I mean he probably for inciting should be. a riot? I mean, it's fun. They have like pop up concerts all there all the time. Yeah, you know, know, nothing goes off. But for some reason, because these it's kids, kids nowadays, these dude. gamers, dude. yeah, these gamers. Well, and the, the other thing about Twitch is it's like once you're on there, everybody knows where you are, and yeah. so you know, New York is a highly dense city when it comes to population percentage wise. There are going to be people in the area that hear about it. Yeah, and yeah. I've seen it on Twitch, and are just going to start rushing towards that location once they hear about it. And yeah, bada bing, bada boom, it sort of explodes. Anything interesting? This is the this is the 2023 summer of rage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing is clear on if he was charged. He was arrested. He was arrested. Officers were assaulted by thrown objects. Officers were assaulted by thrown objects. Yeah, but that's a regular yeah. Tuesday in New York. I mean, that's not that big of a deal. It's really funny to me that like simultaneously you've got like a a side cut green haired zoomer trying to get a hold of a PS5 but then also like having enough time to be like oh uh, <laughs> all right pig <laughs> you know <laughs> they're like I might be desperate enough to run to Times Square to get a free PS5 but <laughs> I hate the police yeah, uh, crazy yeah. yeah I mean I don't know I, I've actually been thinking about getting myself a uh, a sw- uh, s- uh, steam deck oh yeah yeah get myself a steam deck I don't know why Really? You probably shouldn't. Yeah, I probably shouldn't do it. Sounds like a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, part of me thinks like it'd be nice to be able to play my Steam games away from my PC. So I you should ask Joe Popolardo. I think he has one wife. and he doesn't use it anymore. Doesn't use it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll have that. Yeah. 
If he hasn't Honestly, already sold Joe, it. Honestly, Joe, yeah. I mean, I'll I buy it for you. He might have already sold it. But. I'll buy you for two fifty. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Yeah. What kind of upgrades we got on this thing? All right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah, talk in the comment section. Yeah. Give us some engagement, right? <laughs> if you haven't already, please subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, that's actually why we got the boost because we asked people to last time. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, welcome to the Monomaniacs podcast. You know, we got our boys, Shadrach and Dylan Stralion. Or I guess when I say our boys, does that mean I'm, I'm possessive of myself? It does make sense. It's called self-care, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm protective yeah. of the, the temple. I was reading an article today about the anxiety industry. Mm. And uh, you know, you read the, a- it wasn't the A-head, but it was on the Wall Street Journal. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to some friends at DC. I said, I read the A-head every day. And they're like, ah, a father. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it was like front page. Uh, it was like A1 Wall Street Journal today. And it was talking about how... Uh, there's like I think it was three percent of every hundred people. So you know one in uh, three in a hundred so people. So three in a hundred people who yeah. go to went to the hospital has been to the hospital since 2020 started since the pandemic have walked yeah. out with a anxiety disorder diagnosis. Diagnosis mm. and at a hospital. Yes, they, they visited the doctor. They period. don't have a. They don't have the credentials to diagnose. That's, that's what the statistic said. Hmm. The statistic said uh, they walked weird. away with a people. I guess maybe people interacted with the medical system. I guess is a more accurate way to put yeah, it. That's um, still strange, but yeah, okay. Regardless, the problem is is that you know everything's getting more expensive, including drugs. Yeah, and so not many people are getting a hold of SSRIs who think that they need SSRIs for their anxiety. And so there's all these people who are kind of marketing and claiming that things work for anxiety. Yeah. So like the most popular uh, supplement is ashwagandha, right? Which I, I take. Yeah. Not for that, but yeah. just for general health. But. Yeah. I mean, it's for like sleep, right? No. I think I own some back when I had It's like good insomnia. for your nails and hair and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. And apparently anxiety. Um, but like ashwagandha, you know, uh, coloring books, uh, you know, things that you pop, <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> and the, the funny thing, thing was, is the article had this hang, hand wringing paragraph where it was like, ah, you know, the FDA is like, you know, we haven't, we don't know if any of this stuff fixes anxiety. <laughs> so and then it just fo- it was followed by a person who sells this stuff, and they're like, it's important that we serve this underserviced community. Regulators will catch up. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> Uh, well, so it is incredibly easy, by the way, in my experience at the very least, to get uh, Xanax. Yeah, I, I I did not take the the prescription, but I was like, yeah, I've been feeling anxiety recently about X, Y, and Z, and the doctor was like, all right, you know what? So, you know, when it gets really bad, take this Xanax. It just gives me Xanax as a prescription. It's like it's just that easy, <sighs> that brother. Rocks. It's yeah, that rocks. Just that easy. So if you're a bad actor when it comes to wanting to get Xanax, then yeah, it's not a hard thing to do. Dude, it's, it's insane because now that I read the journal, <laughs> I've been I've been getting hit with a lot. Now more that like, you're a journal pill, yeah, and now that I've been getting hit a lot more with like, it's 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 all financial stuff, but stuff about the drug industry. Yeah, Ozempic. Oh yeah, is essentially propping up the entire Norwegian economy. Really? The drug company that makes Ozempic is oh, Norwegian. Oh, Ozempic? Yeah. You know? No, 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 no. That's a different that's a different drug. No way. Yes. It's um what's that drug? Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. It's not Ozempic though. It's different. I, I made this mistake a while ago oh, and it's haunted me, I think, right? It's, it's, look up Ozempic commercial song. Uh you're you're going to get. You're thinking a, of oh oh oh, it's magic. Um, well, you don't know. That's the bit. I know. I know. It's, I know, it's I know, a purity off. But no, Ozempic is a weight loss and urge reducer drug. Oh, okay, I think this one's yeah. different. Yeah, it's 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 kind of making waves right now because everybody. So it essentially, just cuts and makes it so that you don't have bad. Um, what is it? Why do I always forget this? When you have a when you impulse control. Impulse control. Yeah, yeah, it just it erases bad impulse control. Yeah, and you just aren't interested in anything really Mm -hmm. like you just don't want it you don't like feel like eating or drinking or like you're not like as sexual even like Mm -hmm. it just kind of makes you just mellow out everything and so by extension it's a weight loss drug Mm -hmm. and an anti-anxiety medication Mm -hmm. so it's basically the perfect (laughs) american (laughs) post 2020 drug and now everybody's getting prescribed it what's what's that uh he was it, it, it is ozempic uh 
Oh, okay. I was go. wrong. I okay. was correct. I made the mistake. Wow. I made a mistake. Wow. Listen. Twice listen, this twice on not... this episode today, I will admit, I might have been wrong. Well, you know, listen, listen. It's not the first time, nor will, will it be the last, where Dylan says something correct and Shad says, no, I definitely believe that that's <laughs> not the case. Um, willing to go to the bat for it. Okay. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's everybody wants it. Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to doctors explicitly for it, especially popular on the coasts. And why not in the suburbs? Everybody's on Ozempic, and it's gotten to the point now where, as I said previously, the entire it's the company in Norway that makes it is has it's larger now than the Norwegian economy. Hmm. The amount of money they make just off of and this is a relatively new drug too. Yeah, within the last few years. Yeah, relatively new, and now it's in fad. So there we go. Well, so what I was saying earlier, this is the Monomaniacs podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, you should like and subscribe yeah. on Facebook and all that jazz. Uh, so get the, the And hit that freaking bell notification. Because <laughs> I've, I've literally, cause, yeah. you know, I've for years I've been watching YouTubers who have been like, and now YouTube's not sending my people notifications and they don't know that I'm getting, you guys are getting the video or whatever. So please hit that bell. The other day I had somebody say to me, I never got a notification about your recent episode, you know, and they are a loyal subscriber. Uh, so okay. hit that MF bell. Dude. Well, I can tell you from my research in depth, not tools we've been using to grow the sta- the <laughs> our own YouTube channel. So uh, don't, you know, don't claim that I'm, I am preaching without practicing here. I am. Uh, the reason that is is because when you subscribe, initially you get recommended the content all the time. Yeah. But every time you don't watch a video or you get recommended from a subscriber, less. from something you subscribe to, then it actively recommends it to you less. So even though you're like, I really want my feed to be curated, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't care if you're not watching the videos actively. Because like, you know, you're like, oh, I, I forgot I was subscribed to this channel from 10 years ago. It's because yes. you stop watching the daily uploads and then they just stop just recommending that to disappearing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I check my subscriber tab though daily. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I get most of it, but the uh, I do get a notification every time Mandalore Gaming does yeah, something. Same, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, missed that. That was a terrible there. high five. Yeah. Rip. <laughs> All right. Rip. Uh, and then also the same thing with uh, Internet Historian and uh, Seth. You know, I get, yeah. I get a notification every time. So, uh, what, so what, what did you bring today to talk about? What did I bring? I today? haven't gotten to the thing I brought today. Oh, okay, but, okay. But I want you to go you've first. Been, you've been propping up this podcast like uh, Ozempic props up the. Norwegian economy. Yes. Correct. All right. Okay. All right. So um, one thing that's sort of like been occupying my mind space, especially today, because it was it's the first The Dylan zone. The, <laughs> this is a dark place. The Dylan's, if you want to enter. The Dylanscape. Yes. Uh, is I was sort of hit with this wave of I need to create something. Oh, yeah. I feel right. that all the time. Yeah. I was yeah. So I, it was the first day of work where I didn't have like things constantly you know uh cascading against me and i was yeah i didn't have like project after project after project and i had like a a few hour period where it was like low-key and i didn't have to do anything it was the first time i sort of felt like empty-handed and i was like i i want to make something yeah you know i've been listening to too many like podcasts and you know watching too much youtube about creators yeah yeah who are actively out there making things and it makes me feel so like inferior in that yeah. respect. Right? Yeah. Like I feel so self conscious. Preaching to the choir, right? Somebody's now. like, yeah, you know. And then in my spare time, I made this game, right? Or in the spare time, I wrote this book. In my spare time, I did X, Y, Z. And now, you know, that's what I do full time. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And you were like, oh man, like I, why am I not doing that with my spare time if I have the spare time, right? I feel like I'm I'm unproductive for the sake of it, but you know. One of the things that I feel people don't talk about enough is that if you are like busting your butt, your buckus, your buckus every time you go to work, right? And or if you know you you're constantly working super duper hard, your weekends and your nights don't need to be your grind, right? They don't need to be your second job because if you don't have the capability to not get burnt out on that, what you're doing is actually making yourself crash and burn and suffering in either camp. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, the key actually is uh, is called scheduling and diligence. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> right. Where it, I think that a lot of the people who can make that work successfully is because they prioritize, first off. But second, they're like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this in a way that's like, okay, I'm expecting myself to do this twice a week for an hour. Yeah. 
and you just schedule it. You're mm-hmm. like, on Thursdays or Fridays. That's what I do. I do this after work for an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's sort of what makes the, that, that's what makes the difference. And I've realized myself, like, I need to probably start doing something like that because. Well, to be fair, though, to, to give both of us a little bit of credit, we do do this at that's least true. two hours every week. But for some reason, when I'm sitting down and I'm making a catalog of my accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> Monomaniacs isn't on that it's list. For some reason, not on this list. And maybe that's maybe if we're trying to be more serious about this and if for it to be really successful and ever really break through, then that should change. Right? Yeah. But that would require everyone in this room to do that at the same time. <laughs> uh Something about an uneven yoke, you know. Every, what's going to happen is someone's going to go ahead and then the crabs in the bucket are going to pull them down. <laughs> and those crabs are themselves. Uh, that was kind of a, that metaphor kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to fell say, apart I'm not like trying, a, yeah. a crab at a, a crab boil. <laughs> yeah, a crab at a crab boil when you boil it too long. Mm. falls apart. Yes. Uh, is that even, I wonder if that's true, actually, about crabs. Look it up. Look what it up. happens <laughs> if you boil a crab too long? You're not going to, what do we pay this man for? I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she's uh, you got bad Wi-Fi here, dude. What's that? He's, He's not, not on the, the Wi-Fi. wifi. Oh, yeah. Hey guys, guys uh, I'm just, here's the here's the Wi-Fi code. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you guys are gonna come here and steal my Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. Half the people who listen to this show are in this zip code. It makes sense. Yeah, and also know where this office is. Yeah, technically, yeah. They could rate this place for the Wi-Fi. For the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's Googled he it. He Googled it. it. It just sort of trying to funnel me into how long do you boil crab? How long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pain. They do not, FYI, because they, they, they are do. aquatic animals, so they, they cannot s- feel pain. They scream. That's air escaping. So I therapist. found out that like the I I was listening to this uh, video, and this is kind of a tangent um, on how will we know when AI becomes sentient? Yeah. Like, what is the, what are the signs of that? I only ended up getting halfway through it. Perfect um, monomaniacs content. Right I know there. exactly, but one of the, I wanted to bring up like what the there's technically a definitional difference between sentience, sapience, and consciousness. They are yeah. not they are not the same thing. And sentience is the ability to have a sense of self and to say I am feeling pain. Yeah, like this thing that I am feeling is directly affecting me, uh, and I do not like it. Um, and then sapience is like human, human, okay. as they say, like, yeah. you know, art and, you know, feelings. And then consciousness is the sense of knowing that you are, are being right. Like the understanding that yeah. you exist in the world and what that kind of means, uh, or I guess maybe not what it means, but sort of understanding that that is a problem that you don't really know the answer to. And, you know, you're just trying yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to make it through. Um, and so, you know, in the question of what is sentient, right? Like you could, you know, a f- in that clear, concrete definition, then a, a chicken is sentient, <laughs> right? Like it knows. Yeah, yeah. It knows these things. Then if a fish doesn't actually have those senses, then maybe a fish doesn't know. Maybe a fish isn't sentient. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I uh, Obviously. Well, I they can comprehend it's in pain, but it doesn't feel it. Hmm. We've, we've gone over this a weird amount of times. Yes. Yeah. Because Shad has an accept- axe to grind. We've yeah, I really, 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 it's important to me that fish can't feel pain. <laughs> <laughs> it's really important to me. Uh, no, they, they have, you know, cell, they have nerves and stuff that communicate pain to them, but their pain receptors aren't pain, like painful. It's like, you just know, you know, yeah. it's a thing. Well, it's like feeling like something's off. I had this argument with my wife the other day because, yeah. um, uh, I fell down this rabbit hole of, uh, do you know, uh, like those, all those Verve videos that are like X con talks about movies or whatever. And it was about, uh, questions in regards to brain surgery from a brain surgeon. Uh, and so I was watching through all these videos and what he said is insane to me, but apparently there are no nerves on your brain in your brain. Yeah. If you were in pain on your brain, (laughs) pain in in the the brain, brain. uh, you don't feel anything when they do surgery on your brain. And so nine times out of 10, you are awake during brain surgery. They do not put you under. And it's for that reason, but also because there's no falls asleep. There's no clear way to delineate whether or not like the surgery has caused adverse effects while it's happening. Mm. Unless the person is awake and you're yeah. like, hey, can you do that thing that you like to do? Like play violin. And then if you are not able to do it, they're like, we, we screwed up. <laughs> Very clearly there is a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
uh, which I just I can't even imagine. That's yeah, like what hell. is that? What movie is that? Or is that a thing where a person eats their own brain? Oh, is that like Hannibal Lecter kind of thing? He maybe is that a scene? in the show? Is, I, I think don't it know. might be in the Hannibal show. Yeah, where yeah. You, somebody puts a spoon in their brain, brain and they eat a little it. bit of chunk of it. Yeah. yeah. As long as you didn't hit the spot that is for your right arm, you know, or yeah, your teeth. You're good. You can make it happen. Your teeth? Yeah. Your teeth nerves? Your teeth nerves. <laughs> uh, imagine being able to control your teeth individually. That sounds like hell, dude. Uh, I don't know. You could like stick them out, shoot them at people. <laughs> shoot them at people? Yeah. It's like uh, vampires do that stuff in vampire fiction. What? So it was a scene. A scene in. From Hannibal. From Hannibal, as in the. He makes Ray Liotta eat his own brain in the movie Hannibal. Directed by Ridley Scott, so that's the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, and it's not Anthony Hopkins. I don't think who plays Hannibal in that movie. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think it is. Yeah, but any dang way, I'll, let's bring it back to what I was talking about earlier, though. Yeah, right. So the question then becomes, you know, when what do you I'm, think it tastes like? Brain? No, your own brain. My own brain. <laughs> uh, As opposed to just brains in general. Uh, well, I would say my brain. In particular, yeah, it's got sort of a zesty Italian <laughs> flavor because <laughs> you're so fiery. Yes, yes, a fiery yeah. uh, uh, Italian swarthy. Oh, okay, yes, <laughs> yeah. okay. Sort of taste that yeah. way. Mine, yeah. mine yeah. tastes like sludge. <laughs> All right, where were you saying? Keep I was going. gonna say mine tastes like piss, but yeah. I was like, I think that was too. <laughs> hey, piss for brains. <laughs> um, so, you know, in the question FCC of... FCC violation, by the way. You we, can say you're pissed. You cannot talk about piss. piss. All right, keep going. And for for uh, If the government is listening, and I know they are, there is not there is an FBI agent assigned to this podcast. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, hello, Jeremy. How are you? How's the wife? Be ashamed if something happened to her. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so you just got to put the fear of God into the government. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So that they don't interfere. Uh so at the moment, you know, if you feel like there is this gap and you're like, I want to be able to create more, I want to have this sort of additional outlet. The question then becomes like, well, then what does that look like? What do you do? And the problem is, is that I, I'm, I'm like running through things to do. And then I run up against the wall of exhaustion in my motivation, right? Which maybe is just a symptom of being like the kind of personality that you and I are instead yeah. of our monomaniacal where like we end up either breaking through the first barrier and being like, all right, we're finally going to do it. And then you start going for a little period of time and then that kind of burns out and then you're just like, yeah, back, to, back on your, okay. I mean, I've been, work. I've been beating my head against like the same three hobbies for two years now. Yeah. yeah. And now that I have a kid harder mm-hmm. but i'm still trying you mm-hmm. know it's like like writing you know yeah i go through phases where i'm writing every day and stuff and it's I, they, it sucks <laughs> and it's bad <laughs> you know but i've tried and the thing is, is what you there's a couple of tips that i've tried to do to bring it out that have been not so successful the one is having accountability partners yeah right having people that you do it with or for mm-hmm this is why podcasting is an yeah is an efficient tool yeah. for this sort of thing because if we don't make an episode for some reason our subscribers go up what? wow weird <laughs> but if we don't make it if we don't make an episode you know there's people who pay for this and mm-hmm. you know and they are good friends of ours and we're trying to make good things for them we work on this for them yeah right and the same thing thing kind of goes for writing and I've been a part of two separate writing uh, cohorts that have fallen apart within one meeting. Uh, both times I was the only one who brought my required <laughs> writing. Classic. That's classic. And, uh, move and then right there. nobody ever showed up again. So, you know, that's a classic one is finding somebody who you can be accountable to who says, come on, dude, this is something that we're trying to do together. Yeah. Or et cetera. Which is what I appreciate Joel Calvert for. Yes. Because Joel Calvert is really good about launching things off the ground. Yes. Like when we were, I, I won't go into too much details, but we worked on a project recently and like I felt incredibly motivated because he was incredibly motivated. Yes. He was putting together stuff. So I was like, I got to either match him or, you know, help him along with it. Yeah. Or else I feel like I'm not contributing. Right. It's like any, it's like a workplace environment where, you know, healthy competition is important to keep the, you know, the, the ships rising and the yeah. tide. And so, and when you don't have that, it's a lot harder for that individual self-motivation, especially when you don't have like the grind set personality, when you're not like, I am doing this because I will conquer. Right. That's not necessarily my mindset on this stuff. It's more just like, 
you know, trying to find fulfillment and enjoyment on a fun, creative thing, you know, have yes. an outlet with. Um, I mean, having so, other people involved is a big part of it. Yeah. Right. And then also, I mean, just it's, as I said previously, and when I was writing the most, I did this just like literally scheduled time for it. Yeah. Right. You're like, okay, this is the thing I do twice, three times a week, maybe. And I do it mm-hmm. and, you know, hell or high water and like you don't schedule over it, you know, that sort of thing. And that's the kind of discipline that's required. And it doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be your whole life. But if you want to see any progress, it just requires doing. Yeah. You know, and I think that you and I both have a problem where we exist in the theoretical for too long. Yeah. Right. We're sitting there thinking about, well, if I was to do it, I would do it this way for days. Yes. <laughs> weeks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then the thing never happens because you're sitting there thinking about it in the theoretical. Yeah. And you just can't let that be the enemy of the good. Well, and I think one of the reasons that sort of comes about is because of our critics' mindset that we sort of are in. Because, like, I ran into this the other day where he's like, okay, you know, I actually, I think I know what makes a good X. I know what that is. And so I have this sort of false sense that that means I could do it and I could accomplish it because I have those that knowledge. Well, I mean, this is a classic story, and this is why, you know... An astrologer critic can't make a good film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think about this often in regards to music because I am a mediocre musician. Yeah. And I know this about myself, right? I do have a desire to make it, but I, you know, I know I can't. Uh, not to any real capacity. And, you know, I have in many, many situations in my life defended the critic as a discipline because mm-hmm. it's an important one. And just because, you know, you don't need to be great at something to be a good critic of it, you know, you don't, <laughs> you're valid. <laughs> you're a valid critic. You don't have to be great at something to be a good critic of it. You know, you are, it, it's, a, it's a good thing to do. It's important for any sort of medium. But there is some truth, I think, that artists have where they're like, if they get a bad review or et cetera, their first defense is, it's just jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's just jealousy. And the thing is, is if you were really to nail a critic down, really, there's a part of them that would agree with you. And yeah. the reason you know this is the people who go from being critics to being musicians who are actually good. I mean, they're not a critic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're a musician. Like yeah, the Pet yeah. Shop Boys are a famous example of this. Where they were both music critics. And then they're like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, and then they were they had enough talent to where they were able to move into electronic music production and now, you know, they're they're, they're kind of pioneers of the genre. But you know, you just have to kind of sit there and be like, uh, man. And you know, that's the that's the critic's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny because I can sit there and I can say to myself, I have read so much sci-fi over the course of the last two or three years. It's just like all I've been reading. And I can say, this is good. I can say, this is bad. I can say, this is really bad. And I can tell you exactly why it's really bad and all the factors that make it really bad, et cetera. And then I can walk away from it and be like, but that person wrote 400 pages and <laughs> <laughs> came up with nouns like Glarkson. <laughs> I, I'll sit in front of a typewriter for a long time and I don't write more than a page and a half and all my nouns already exist. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough, it's a tough mindset to have. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it was the other day I was listening to a, um, an interview with the creator of, uh, the faith games. Yeah. Yeah. The faith, of the unholy trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking about like, you know, uh, elements of horror that he was interested in and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I know what's scary. Like <laughs> I have been scared by games. I know how that's done. I could do this. And then I yeah. had to like really rein myself in and understand that as you were saying, it's like, I actually am just projecting based off of sort of an elevated perspective on my own knowledge right? yeah. or that knowledge is equivalent to talent, which is just not the case. Well, you know, and, and despite the fact that for some reason people are trying to claim the Dunning-Kruger effect doesn't exist anymore yeah. for, for like woke reasons. Yeah. I'm not saying this is like a culture warrior thing, but like, it's like, it's like apparently it's, it's, it's reactionary to say the Dunning-Kruger effect exists. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> Somebody would have to explain this to would, me. Would, would the reason be that it's it's exclusive to people that have been are new to a hobby? That might be it. It might be you just it, it may it may yeah. be anarchistic. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I perhaps no. I don't know. It's a hierarchy to claim that experience should trump. I don't know. I don't know. 
I bet you if we were to ask any of those lib artists, though, they would say it's important for you to pick up the pen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Encourage the newbies, but, you know, it's important for you to actually do the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, so um, I think it's we should transition into our second, uh, to your yeah. topic, just because of the timeline. But before we do so, I do want to say my other mon- my maniacal obsession is that I have been trying my best not to mess with this plant. Yeah, I, I've been messing. Time. I mess with it the entire yeah, time. Yeah, so like every time we've <laughs> recorded since these plants have been here, I have like actively thought about i i don't notice it while i'm doing it but i look over at you and i'm like it looks autistic as hell <laughs> the fact that shad is just over there just it's messing with the plan the anxiety the you know, i'm a part yeah. of the anxiety economy exactly. except for i don't use any of the products which you know may or may not be a good thing i don't know <laughs> i haven't slept in like two days <laughs> uh speaking of not sleeping in two days mm. Uh, betterhelp.com yeah, yeah feel free to you know you if you don't like your therapist <laughs> go to hell <laughs> uh, my, my wife actually said uh hey maybe we should you should we should try out better help but i was like no no that's a, it's a con job no that actually came up in the article uh was yeah. was better help because mm. there's a therapist shortage for remote therapy because of better help no because all of the real therapists are occupied and so all the sub therapists and people who have a side hustle are just getting on better help and people mm. you know like it's getting more popular to do the text therapy thing yeah because a therapist can just do that in between regular therapy, yeah. they can just shoot you some text messages and be like, I don't know, maybe it's your mom. Who's <laughs> <laughs> epic. Um uh, <laughs> guys, before we move on though, yeah. uh want to thank our patrons for yes. supporting the show. A special thanks to our top patrons, Sammy Roberts, Luke Robson, Joe Papalardo, and Zach Amber Straley. Zach and Amber Straley, not Zach Amber. Uh Zamber. Zamber. Zamber Straley, uh, for supporting the show. Uh, it's really the only thing that keeps us rolling yeah. uh, financially, is what I mean, is your guys' support. Um, and to all the rest of our patrons, thank you as well. If you're interested, after every show, we record a uh, Patreon post show. you got to be a certain uh, tier to, in order to listen to that. We also, uh, at the $10 tier, you can ask us questions. We have no questions today. Uh, but so if you have our, if you're at the $10 tier. You didn't ask them questions. I know, I didn't ask them questions. <laughs> but then again, I feel like... No, no, that's me being cringe. No, you're right. It's not their responsibility. <laughs> it is 100 percent your 100% responsibility. responsibility. As one of your jobs, so <laughs> edit the show. <laughs> you ask once a week for the Discord. <laughs> oh, yeah. you also get access to the Discord. So yes, that's a that's a meme. Any dang way. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we will we'll continue. Trying Make sure to like and subscribe. Yes, please. We've kind of come to realize that YouTube is our primary platform. (laughs) Which is weird. Which is weird. Never expected that. But it's important, you know, if if you do actually, if you have not subscribed or you don't usually like, it does make a huge difference. And we do come up in the algorithm a lot stronger if you do it that way. So, um, you know, any interaction helps. Or just send us a comment. Call me gay. I'll take it. (laughs) Drop gay in the chat. Gays in the chat. If you are gay, do it twice. Gays in the chat. Call me gay X. Gay twice. Let's make the the chat gay. Let's just have a gay space in our chat. (laughs) Yeah, right now. Uh, No, so we we got two two chats recently. Uh, Sorry, two comments recently. One uh, from patreon subscriber boomer saying that the hennis episode was an was an easy top five which okay. i was like whoa okay okay there we go another one from somebody who commented on our uh the Veril twins episode which yeah. is like early f- like early show or like, yeah. i guess first two-thirds of the show and it was like uh i remember what i was name was like astro astro boy 355 or something like yeah. something completely nonsensical and it was like, I remember when the Veril twins sang a song in class about Shad and Dylan's conservative values. <laughs> it's all I could think about. I hope you are well. And I was like, I have no idea who this person is. I do not remember that whatsoever. And so I guess I was like, lol, I guess the vibes changed a little bit, huh? I hope you're well too. I, if you're if you're listening to this, I I do not remember who you are. So please uh, let us know. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Or don't. I can imagine something like that yeah, happening. Yeah, um, it was like a poem recital or something. Yeah. We had to write about a classmate or something like that. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right, Shad, it's your turn. Okay. What's your maniacal obsession at the moment? So, um, for a project, I, I'm currently reviewing a book mm. for 
a magazine called The Lamp, of whom the one of the editors was on this show, Mick Rowan. Um, I was about to say, I thought you were just going to like go through and not mention the name of the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Editor of The Lamp who may or It's may cool to be mysterious. Show, it's cool yes. to be mysterious. It's cool yeah. to be kind. It's cool to be mysterious. No, a, a friend of mine, he wants to, I'm reviewing it, and it's partially because I do this show. Mm-hmm. It's on the history of the, gra- of the pocket calculator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been talking to people close to me about this for a while now. I've had the book for a while. I think, I think it's totally, it, you know, it doesn't break any press issues. I mean, it, I think the book's going to be out sometime in the next few weeks. Um, it's good. Uh, it's called uh, Empire of the Sum. Mm. And the author's name is, uh, is, is escaping me. If, if you could look that up real quick for me, Josh, I don't want to uh, speak, uh, speak without uh, gra- grading this gentleman credit. I think his name is Steve. I'm Steve something. But <clears throat> there were, it's, it, I've got a lot to say about it, and that's going to be in the article. So check that out when that drops. Maybe we can share it. Or when, uh, Steve Houston. Oh, Keith Houston, Stephen Keith. I think I guess that uh, seemed pretty close. Yeah, Keith Houston. It was it was good. It was good. It was it was a lot of fun. But there's one section in particular that I want to spend some time talking about. And there's like some headier sections and some stuff I'm going to write about in the article with this. But I thought it'd be fun if we played a game. Mm, okay. Okay. I, I was thinking I got to prep like for the games. show tonight, so let's play a little bit of a games? game. You like Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> you like Xbox? Uh, <laughs> I wanted to, I don't know. I wanted to bring something to the table that might tease this book a little bit, and, you know, give this guy a little a little press on it because it's not, it's not talking about the meat and potatoes, but something that I found very funny. So, after the invention of the pocket calculator had officially kind of reached its peak in the eighties, seventies. Right in the late seventies, early eighties, they started to get smaller and smaller. Started to get really cheaper when things and cheaper. just started to astronomically yes. you know, increase in, in, well, you, in you success. Know, and you could like it, it, a good example of this with the technology for micro chips and or not micro chips, but chips and et cetera, and digital display these sort of things. If you wanted to buy the original digital watch, which came out in the seventies, the uh, the uh, not the photon. What's it called? Uh, You're it's from Ham- it's from Hamilton. To, it's from Hamilton. You should look this up. It's called like the some like it's like photon or or something with a p. Uh, anyway, it was like the equivalent of two and a half grand first digital watch. Yeah, first yeah. digital watch. It was yeah. like equivalent of like two and a half grand. Yeah, a luxury product, right? You know, something that James Bond wore. You know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And then within like less than ten years five, six years, you know, you could find them in cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. these things were moving incredibly quickly. So when it comes to, what's that? The fusion? No. no. Some of the P. I think it was the... The fusion. <laughs> no. Optometer, Anita? No. Vacuum tubes? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> vacuum tubes? <laughs> Imagine just holding a vacuum tube. On I'm going own. to look it Dude, up. The kids out there that don't know what a vacuum tube is, you look it up. Freaking take your phone out. I know you're already looking at it, playing freaking Subway Surfer instead of watching this. Pulsar. There we go. Come on. It's not on the front page of Google. (laughs) Hamilton Pulsar. I knew the company forgot the name because I keep saying Photon in my brain, but the Pulsar. Anyway, so uh, things are moving really quickly. And because of that, the market's getting oversaturated. And the cool thing about the calculator is that making calculators as an as an art, you know, they trying to beat the competition and calculators specifically pushed a lot of computing and a lot of stuff forward and gave us a lot of technology today that we rely on very importantly. And that's sort of what this book talks about. But at the peak of commercial product, they Casio specifically, mm-hmm. which is a Romanized version of Casio, which is a uh Japanese company. Mm. So the Casio, just like the watch I am wearing on my wrist right now, which I wore on purpose, this is a uh, a Casio calculator watch. Not the first to invent the calculator watch. The first was a Pulsar, actually, a Hamilton calculator watch, but the Casio <laughs> followed pretty closely after. Casio went out of its way to start the business of slamming calculators onto the most insane objects mm you could possibly imagine mm. right to try to make to really make it wide yes right. yeah so we're gonna play a game and i don't know josh if you want to turn that mic on and talk or if you want to be a part of this game as well i just want you guys because i've got four or five and uh and a special bonus mm. object 
Okay. That uh, is a type of digital watch that mm. if you wanted to shoot for with the bonus points as well. I remember you got to talk to the side. You can't talk another thing. Yeah. Um, I want you guys to kind of brainstorm for me. If you're you're a Japanese executive, okay, at the height of the calculator. What what uh, period of time is this? Is just this, this is like the eighties. Okay, eighties. Yes, this is eighties. Oh, it's on mid like like early to mid eighties. Like the calculator basically had lost most of its sheen by the time like the nineties really came in. Okay, yeah. So, but hit me with what do you put a calculator on okay. to so sell if, calculators? And if we get the final one, that's like bonus points. Yes. So the final one is a digital watch that had an insane thing on it. Oh, like had it was a watch with something on it? Yes. Like a, an attachment. It had an attachment that was insane. Okay. I'm going right. to say uh, a, a calculator watch or a, a watch with a bottle opener on it. Okay. Well, I'm sure that existed. That's not correct. Okay. But just give me some, because I, I have a list... But I want to hear sort of what you would do. We have the, we're in the boardroom night right now. Okay, Mister Mister Okiyama's up there. Okay. He's in, it's important that you guys hit the numbers this quarter. What mm. are you going to suggest that you put some of your micro calculator technology into? Uh, well, calculators calculators <laughs> into a thing or things on a watch? No, calculators into a thing. Okay. Specifically, okay. The, the watch um, thing that's a bonus okay, round. Okay, that's okay, a bonus okay, round okay. thing. I just have a funny thing to share. Okay. But um, I would say the dashboard of a car. Okay, a calculator in the dashboard of a car. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I would say that, you know, honestly, the, all the rest of these things that I'm going to say are very impractical, but, you know, th there's a possibility. One could use that. Maybe you have to do a tip, you know, while on your car phone. Uh -huh. Who knows? Ohayo gozaimasu, you son. I would put it on a lighter. I would have a lighter. Ooh, a lighter? Also a calculator. Okay, so this is not, in my mind, the craziest one. But in the book, uh, Keith says the crazy his his mind the most insane was the cigarette lighter. Yeah, also a calculator. Oh, I got it. Okay. So the Casio yeah. did release a cigarette lighter that was also that a calculator. seems so practical to me though because yeah, it's, it's like what it's for the, the nerd who smokes. No, well, <laughs> and it's also a square. It's an object you have to carry around. Regardless. Anyway, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. in the yeah. 80s, okay. they were much larger, and so that's yeah. like why not just add. But they would overheat as well. This, like, is a little, yeah. this is a little boring, but like a calculator billfold or a wallet. Okay. Interesting. It's, yeah. it, it's the same thing. It's like in yeah. your pocket. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Okay. Flask. Flask. Ooh. I don't know. I doubt that existed. Mm. Maybe at some point it has. That is, uh, <laughs> that's a little less everyday carry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Depends calculator on Calculator built into the top of a briefcase. The top of a briefcase. I am almost certain that existed. It's not it one of the ones to. that okay. I'm aware of okay. existing, but I'm almost certain that that existed. I, well, I mean, at some points there were calculators the size of briefcases uh -huh. that were considered luggable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking okay. of luggable, what about luggage, like a suitcase, like a that's the same thing as a briefcase. Okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, okay, how about well, so. Just so that we cover all our bases in regards to this, yeah. how about a purse? Okay, that's another option. I'm handbag. sure. I'm sure. I'm that that I there was cosmetic cases. Okay. Uh, for for the right for stuff. the ladies, yeah. mm -hmm. you can have a little mirror that you would use to put your makeup on. That was also a calculator. Okay. Okay. Oh man, I'm trying to think of just like practical everyday things. That there was various carry. types of cases. Something that could be considered like a purse or a small wallet. Do they ever have them like on a necklace around your neck? Like dangle. I'm sure that you could just that would you be, know you could rip the bands off this Casio to do the same true. thing practically. <laughs> okay, pocket how, watch, pocket. What are you looking up right now? How, hey, don't. don't I'm not up. looking at. Uh, I'm getting work emails. Uh, okay. How about <laughs> how about, a work email that says, "What about the Casio eight V 10 How about a cigarette case? I'm certain. I, I don't know for sure. I'm certain that existed. Okay. That would make sense. Okay. But that's also just sort of in the same line as a cigarette lighter. I know. I know. I'm just trying to think. What of... about like inside a hat? Like you got to calculate your tip. You take off your bowler. Doot, 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 doot. You take off your top to ta calculate your tip. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's always with you. Okay. 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 So I'm going to, uh, these are all good ideas. I'm going to hit you with some of my favorites. Okay. 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 I, I sent myself some here earlier today uh there's two so there's there's two more calculators mm -hmm. and the watch thing which I, I want to i want to share so you already got the casio ql 10 
mm-hmm. which is a cigarette lighter. So I was the only one who got a point here. Yes. So what do I get so far? Uh, a, a, a nice smooch. Um, Ooh. So <laughs> incest. Yeah, I I don't know the model number for this. This is two and three. Okay, but <laughs> Casio released a calculator mm-hmm. that was a synthesizer. Uh, but before that, they released a synthesizer that was a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a difference. Okay. So yeah, the yeah. first, so this, the first one they released was a synthesizer that was a calculator. And so how it worked is that it looked like a regular cal- calculator, had keys, everything, right? But if you switched it to calculator mode, uh, sorry, it looked like a synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it had keys. Yeah, yeah, right, like you know, black and white. Yeah, you said calculator to start. Oh, so my bad. Yeah, a synthesizer yeah. had black and white keys. Yeah. And they had numbers on them. Mm-hmm. And so you would switch it to calculator mode and then you would tap on your synthesizer. The thing was, is this was a very popular synthesizer. Mm. And, you know, Human League produced their first couple of records on it. What? You know, that sort of thing. So, like, um, you know, Don't You Want Me mm. by Human League. You know, the first synth pop hit in America, which started the wave, was produced on this thing. And... Uh, <laughs> It was also a calculator, mm-hmm. and and the and and there's a section in the book where he says one would like to imagine that after this they just you know knocked out a quick calculation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now and then let me ask you this: Yeah, it is a keyboard with um I gotta do the math. What twelve keys? Is that right? One, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Well, it might have been a full size keyboard though. Well, I'm asking, did the calculator calculate in base 10 or was there some other uh, system? Yeah, it was like a base 12 or a base 8, you know? I, like I a imagine major scale. because we've got 10 fingers, it was base 10. Okay. <laughs> and then maybe <laughs> the maybe the last yeah. two were the plus and the minus. Uh, I don't know. Because yeah, there didn't have to be the, you know, the, the separate calculation. Uh, fun fact, actually, uh, actually there would be 11 because it's zero through, well, no, that'd still be base 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fun, fun thing about that is that the reason we have a base 10 system, right, is because we count with our hands. But cultures cultures that don't have hands? Handless cultures. Handless cultures. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, or figured out different ways to do counting have entirely different base systems. Mm. Like the reason why there's 60 minutes in the day is because in ancient Sumar, they had this uh. form of counting where you would count like the tip of your finger and then your knuckle and then one of the arches and then every single part of your body. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like in ancient Egypt, they had, and this is all from the book. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm ribbing this, but ancient (laughs) Egypt, they had like elaborate forms of sign language where you could like Mm. basically do like one through a thousand just through hand signals. Um, very, very cool stuff. Uh, yes, that's how I would describe but, that. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> so after the synthesizer that was a calculator, there was a calculator that was a synthesizer, the, ca- the Casio VL80, which was uh, produced by Casio and distributed as a part of the merchandise for the album tour of the computer-generated music of Kraftwerk. Mm. The album included the song Pocket Calculator. Which like released it, as a single. Oh, uh, okay. And I assume this is uh, much too early for it to go along. Oh, wait, no, that's okay, computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this is great. So this was introduced great. in 1985. Okay. All but right. essentially how it works is it's, you know, it just looks like a regular calculator, but you switch it to synthesizer mode and, and then you can do pitching and all that stuff. But this means that you can, like, punch in a formula or, like, a big number or something, and then you can switch it over and hear it. Can you do that, like... I don't know if it does programming. I watched okay. a video today, okay. actually, of a guy playing on it, which I, I'm probably going to intro this show with a section from it. It's really <laughs> funny. Uh, but he, it's, you know, he, the instruction booklet, because back then, Consumer Electronics came with these insanely long instruction booklets, and it has an entire music theory, like, instruction section. Oh. And, like, here's how to play all these standards, yeah, and then, yeah. like, here's how you play some Kraftwerk songs off this album. <laughs> You know, it's very it's it's a very interesting interesting set. Do you want to buy one? I sort of do. Actually, yeah. the finale piece is what I really want to buy. Okay, uh, we're gonna get there in a second. So, the I was looking at this article in PC Magazine about the history of the digital watch, and this is not another calculator that's silly, but there is an insane item that came out. One sec. In 1982, the company was Psycho. Mm. As an S E I 
Seiko. Or Seiko? Is that Seiko? Yeah, I forget that what that is. That is Seiko. Seiko. Seiko? Yeah, yeah. I okay. own a couple of their watches, actually. Okay, so Seiko came out watches. with, in 1982, came out with a TV watch. Mm. A watch oh. you could watch a TV on your LCD screen. This size. Right, except for it's taken out mostly by an LCD screen. Wow! And there's like footage of it, like watching baseball. Dude, I, w- I would watch the Green Bay Packers on that. So, well, hard. so okay. like something you would see in an '80s film, and you would be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." Well, yeah, yeah. The thing is, is the thing that makes it decidedly '80s is that I have a picture of it here, so I don't. I, we can't, you know, necessarily show it to you. But well, put it on screen. Yeah, right. Uh, it has <laughs> an attachment that you have to add. In order uh, to watch television, like a magnifying glass. Well, yeah, no, it's not a magnifying glass. You you gotta take that take that thing and put it right up to your face. It's a clamp that has an antenna on it. Yeah, <laughs> and so you have to clamp it to the top of your band, and then it shoots. You know, it sticks out, and from there you can you know you watch know the Green Bay Packers. You know what's at work crazy today is that I, if I had that, I could watch a Packers game on it. But I have an Apple Watch, and I cannot watch a Packers game. True. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm partially because of licensing, right? I mean, you can't even watch YouTube on those things, right? You, I, I don't think you can watch a video at all. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Exactly. That is dumb. They've well, been holding the future back. From also, us, though, the resolution is so much wider now. On just, just make so it's it like make a, it a little wider. I don't care. I don't mind. I'm just saying, it's just like the watches are square, so you'd be watching it at like. Yeah, even smaller size, most likely. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> my uh, my kids have been watching Ben Ten, um, which is like from our childhood. You know, I yeah. think the the season that they're you watching. Think they got is a, from you think he's got a calculator on his watch? He doesn't have ben a calculator, 10? but it does turn him into an assortment of aliens. Yes, and which so, is not nearly as cool. Both, is one of them Calcutron? <laughs> no, it's four arms. Yeah. Imagine how much you can count with all four of those arms, though. Yeah, forty. That's a base forty system. I I don't think he has ten fingers (laughs) anymore. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) twenty. I'm not much of a mathematician. I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) Um, But this, this in my mind is probably the funniest one. This is made by uh, Sharp. The models, the EL eight zero four eight. It is a calculator. Mm. That is also an abacus. Mm. It is Robot. it is bona fide redundant BS. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think there's something elegant about that. No, there's something elegant about the abacus. And like, you know, I, I guess there's situations in which you want to make the leap to doing a calculation that only a calculator can take care of. Mm-hmm. But the reason why you use an abacus over a calculator. And fun fact, these are the sort of things when you read a book like this that you learn. Fun fact, the during the American occupation of Japan, the government, the occupying government uh, under MacArthur, did a goodwill event where they took a clerk, as a, a, a Mary, American army clerk, with a calculator, and it was like a desk calculator at that point, you know, one of the early models. And they put him up against an abacus master mm. and they did calculation and they see, they saw who could do calculations faster. Right. And it, all but uh division, which is a funny specific mm-hmm. all but division, the abacus user won. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the reason why is because when you're using an abacus and you're talented at it, you're less likely to have to double check yourself or even spend time mentally calculating low stakes calculations mm, because you, you're so used to making leaps in uh, order to work more efficiently okay. yeah. that you do that. So if you're sitting there with a calculator, you're going to be constantly double checking yourself. You're going to be doing the lower end ones because you're not as sharp at doing arithmetic quickly. Yeah. Right. And so having a stronger connection to the arithmetic makes you faster mm. overall, even if you don't have computational power. I imagine that has to have a lot to do with what they're asking them to do though yeah like there is a limit at which that is no longer the case yeah yeah no certainly i guess with division you know what i mean i mean uh, for complicated division limit pretty quick yeah <laughs> i guess with complicated well, or even it's like well we've got seven thousand five hundred and thirty two right. you know well actually no i i i couldn't demonstrate it for you now because i'm a little fuzzy on it but Sweet, i good. i the book teaches you how to use an abacus, mm-hmm. and honestly, you can do that stuff really easy. Cool. Like it's it's way more intuitive than you might think it okay. is. Uh, I imagine that's helpful for like teaching children and stuff too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I was. Yeah, not, I think it's something that like a child could use. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Say, even though I was 
I was homeschooled, I did not learn from an abacus. But I feel like if you are visually or tactile, yeah, I think in my story we did something that was equivalent to an sure. abacus. Yeah, like I don't know. yeah, yeah. But the same and thing with like a slide. You guys turned out fine. So. Yeah, right. The same thing with a slide rule. Actually, it's uh, it's it's weirdly intuitive once you figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the. See, I know I, I love the idea of an abacus that's also a calculator, and they're only like fifty bucks on eBay. <laughs> it's so, not bad. It's not uh, bad. I, I kind of want to buy an abacus <laughs> calculator. Any fifty bucks. Yeah, and then frame it. I, I legit want to frame it <laughs> and put it up in my How office. Do you frame a three D object. I don't know. You just find, put a buy frame an empty, about yeah, it. Yeah, you buy an empty frame. You, you put them both up. Box. Yeah, oh, and then you're just right. like, there it is. It's a calculator that's also an abacus. And then somebody walks in. They're like, "What's that?" And you're like. It's a calculator that's also an abacus. And they say, oh, and then they turn around and they walk right out of the office. <laughs> They're like, we, I have understood all I can from this exactly, man. Exactly, exactly. Yes. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, that might be like a little silly and listicle of me to 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 talk about the weird Yo, things. but that content drives listenership. Yeah, though. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, but I yeah, just, I just like that we get to play a game. That was fun. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I was more prepared with uh, numbers and things, or like uh, like pictures of them that you could hold up on yes, a piece of paper. Exactly. So you have to edit it later. When you uh, are th- you know a few hours away from recording, you're informed that you have to fill time. You know, you, you don't have time for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> just happens. It just happens. Yes. It just happens. You there show you. up with a. This show's all about organic. It's about yes. rolling with the punches. Yes. You know, the most raw audio possible. Yes, exactly. Yes. We we have a punk aesthetic in a certain capacity. I have, look at us. I am still waiting <laughs> on seeing it. One of these days, I'm going to find that sneaky punk aesthetic. Yes. in this podcast, we're going to mine that that vein, that, yes. Yes. that hidden vein yes. of punk aesthetic. Oh, goodness. How are we doing on time? Oh, we are way over. Oh, oh all right. Okay. Well, then thank you all for listening. Yeah. yeah check us out on uh, SoundCloud. Check out our Patreon if you guys want to listen to the post show. We're going to yeah. head on over there. As always, like and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, I for one am excited for Dylan's new fan fiction series. That's actually the whole time he wasn't saying specifically what he doesn't feel like he's doing creatively. The thing is, is writing his fan fiction. So... If well, you're a all, big fan, I'm saying, if you're a big fan of the vaguely punk boy fa- boy band Five Seconds of Summer, get ready for some real good content coming down the pike. All I'm gonna <laughs> say is, I feel like there are s- storylines that were left untold. Yeah, in the Five Seconds of Summer verse, <laughs> well, no, she could exasperate on. Yeah, no, she is wearing his underwear and the American Amer- apparel and then underwear. Their small town sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Is that all that there is to the narrative? It's a banger, dude. Guys, I, why did I spend 30 hours writing this fan fiction then if it's all been talked about? 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs>